When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, happy Monday, No Bad Dog Army. Back on the podcast grind. Uh, hope you guys are well. Hope you had a great weekend. I know we did. Uh, we went to New York City. We did the Today Show. It was a lot of fun. I brought my dad and stepmom and uh, wife, and it was a lot of fun. It was the uh, first time I got starstruck uh, ever. I've been around a um, decent amount of celebrities in my career, and uh, I saw Martha Stewart, and I froze. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, oh my gosh, that's... <clears throat> yeah, legend. Um, so we had a lot of fun on the day show. Um, Banks had a lot of fun. My son got to go and go in the green room, and it was a lot of fun. So anyway, you guys can check that segment out um, on YouTube. And uh, I'm really excited. For the first time ever, you guys have been asking for this for absolutely ever, and we finally did it, which is a uh, shadow program with me. So uh, we created the Level Up with Tom Davis a canine professional business program. So uh, I'm really excited to launch it. I'm really excited to announce it. Uh, we're announcing it today, Monday. Um, and basically, it's an opportunity for you guys to come and shadow me, not only and learn more about behavior and training, but bigger than that, most importantly, it's how to grow your business and how to become sex successful in the dog business. Uh, there's a lot of dog training camps out there that uh, train dog trainers how to be trainers, which is great. Um, this is a specific course with some dog training in it because you are going to watch me work with my clients for three days but it also is going to be really geared towards business so i'm going to be auditing your website your social media uh, we're going to do lunch together um five people yet i don't know when we're going to do it again guys uh, like the most there it's available click the link below with dog and the crash course very important stand to the podcast and if you want me to answer your dog training questions all you guys have to do is rate this podcast review it in the iTunes review chart, if you're listening to this in Spotify, we do this absolutely for free twice a week. Leave us some love in Spotify uh, reviews as well. Talk to you at the end. So um, we've got a dog that is quite reactive. Um, we've been working with a behaviorist for probably about the last year. My partner, Dan, is just about to join us here. Um, we've seen some improvement, and then we've had some backslides too. Um, but we're, we're really like, not even at the point where we can take him out in public. Um, he is muzzle trained. Um, he definitely, um, you know, is still kind of struggling with any new people or anything that um, kind of overwhelms him. That's like the instant reaction is to like react and, and quite explosively. Um, so we, we're kind of at like the, the end of our rope right now. Um, our behaviorists and our vets kind of recommending that we look at time. We know he's capable of my you know, medicating. So 
what how old is the dog and what's the what's the breed if you know so he is a shepherd mix um he's probably about 50 percent shepherd we did embark uh the rest was like a mutt mix rottweilers pitbull other fun breeds mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but yeah 50 percent shepherd and i think his shepherd chose um he is about Two and a half years old, and we got him when he was one year old. Okay. Okay. So explain to me the reactivity. You're out for a walk. What happens? What's going on? Uh, another dog walks by, and if he didn't have his muzzle on, like he would be hauling us towards the other dog okay. with his teeth. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop you there. So, okay. okay, you're out with him. And he's if if he doesn't have a muzzle on, he is pulling you to get to attack or bite. He's, or what? he's lunging. Yeah, he lunges. Okay. We we do use a we do use a face lead with him, so we do have like control. Um, so like that situation wouldn't happen now. But if we were to be not using tools, that would be the scenario. Okay. So we'll talk about, so what, what tools are you using right now? So we're using a uh, gentle leader. Um, we're using, um, what else are we using? Gentle leader. Um, so walking gently walks with his gentle leader, flat collar on with his tag on it and the muzzle. Yeah. Pretty okay. Much the so right. Kind of the main so right now he, you're just hanging on. Well, we're, it's not, it's not like that right now. Like, cause we've got the gentle leader on and he's very responsive to that. So like we can put him into a set. Um, he cools off way quicker than he used to. So this is kind of like the, if we didn't do anything, this is where we would be. Um, but we can, we can get him into a set. He won't like, he won't take treats. He's like definitely still elevated until the dog's gone. Like the other dog is gone. Okay. Um, People eye contact is also another like trigger for him. So we've noticed that like it seems to when people look at him. Okay. Um, ten feet away. Okay. With, with the muzzle, he gets a lot of stares. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So right now, um, have you, so he's doing all this, and you've been working with a behaviorist now for up to a year, uh, thinking about medication. Have you ever corrected him for the behavior before? Like, have you ever like effectively we, told so him yeah, no? We, yeah, so we use the uh, the gentle leader. Like, we pull up steady pressure until he's, like, settled and gives us, like, a bit of deference. And then we'll, like, release that. So, like, pressure, like, upwards until he's able to, like, settle. And then once we see, like, a cue that he's relaxing, then we'll release the pressure. So we've really used the gentle leader as, like, a correction tool. Okay. So when you're out with him right now and he sees another dog... And then he starts to lunge. What what happens at that moment? Like, explain to me the scenarios. So at that moment, yeah, so at that moment, we would be like pulling pressure up until he's in the sit. How long does it take like, for that? How, how long does it take for that it's a, sit? It's a lot faster now. It's probably again almost instantaneous. Yeah, like he's he, like he's learning. Okay, perfect. Be one, two, maybe like head flicks each way and when he knows he can't do anything he'll he he will like sit down and give us like a a bit of a like sigh okay that's perfect so then what happens 
Like, he'll stay elevated in bed. Like, to the point where he's, like, not taking treats at that point. Like, he's still, like... Even the highest value treat, he still won't take. Yeah, because, like, he's... Yeah, so what is like, he... In, in some of those... Yeah, what is he doing? So when you're trying to pay him, what is he doing? He just kills, but he'll head. turn his head away. Or just won't take Yeah. Okay. And, um... And you're okay. So when you're walking with him and you, so he sees another dog, he immediately goes into his sits and chills. That's perfect. So what happens after that? Uh, after it's, the dog's gone, we can go on our way. We'll give him. Yeah. As soon as the dog's gone, he'll, he'll start to take rewards again. Um, group class. Um, it depends. Like it depends on like what kind of triggered the outburst. Like we do, we do actually do group classes with him as well. So it's kind of like the common scenario where he will have like, he'll react to something in the class, usually another dog that's reacted first. Um, and then in some cases, we'll just remove him from the room in those, like, and then he'll settle, then we can go back in and then he may or may not have another outburst of reactivity. Okay. But I'll be honest with you, like we've been avoiding taking him, we've got, a, we've got about a half an acre property so we've been avoiding taking him out in public just because it is it is quite scary for for us and for other people. And I worry about like if we came across a loose dog that like that would approach him that we would not be able to to keep control and that he might get himself into trouble with the other dog. Okay. And we we live in this country, so that's a very common thing. Okay. So what would let's let's what would be your two biggest goals? To be able to take him for like a walk or a hike in public without having um, significant outbursts with with people or dogs that are walking by, like to be able to walk by somebody on a okay. trail and just ignore them. Okay, that's like so, I don't. I'm not looking for him to play with children or <laughs> or go to the dog park. I just want him to be able to like walk past people and not see that as being something that he like needs to defend himself from. Like he's okay. So it's, when it's you when you're walk when you're walking him. When you're walking him, I guess I'm just, you told me, is you're out with him on a walk on his gentle leader, on his muzzle. Yeah. He sees a dog. You put him into a sit. He immediately sits. He looks at the dog and then you keep going. It, if the dog lingers, he will then try to get up again and react again. So he will sit. Okay. He will so give he, us deference. If the other dog passes, life is good. If the other dog's reacting towards him, that's a different story. Okay. I want to break down the the different sure. the different stories because the okay. different stories are going to be yeah because i because if i because that's like that's why i'm confused that's why i was like what the dog's yeah, perfect sorry. what are yeah, you talking so, about yeah. ideal scenario like other dog keeps walking and you know it's 10 feet away from us he's able to like kind of settle and and that's that's good other dog's gone he's kind of back to normal and is able to come down and take treats if the other dog reacts towards him which we've encountered both at group class as well as like on, on walks, that would be a different story where like he is going to be trying to get at the other dog until it either stops or we can remove him from the situation and okay. get enough space. So you yeah. are, so yeah, so that's what I was saying in the beginning is, yeah, and that's why I'm trying to like clarify in order to axe and he lunges, you're holding on, you're removing him. And when you're out, when you're walking with him and he does react, uh, because that, that's what I was trying to get granule on is like when yeah. you're out with him and you react, like from what you told me, I was like, he's perfect. You go out for a walk. He sees a dog, no, you put no. him into a sit. He's perfect. And then the other dog walks by. So let's start, let's, let's do that again. So when you're out and you're walking with him and he sees another dog, what is the scenario? Like what is happening? 
he's going to bark and lunge. We will pull him up into a sit with the gentle leader. He will sit. He will settle if the other dog is, is going away. Like the other dog walks past. We've got control of his head. The other dog's gone. Everything's pretty okay. The other dog, if the other dog reacts, stops, lingers, somebody's standing there chatting with us, he will continue to pretty much try to get out of the, the sit scenario lunge we'll put him back into a sit he'll settle for like okay maybe a second if the other dog reacts like we're gonna going through the cycle of like reaction correction reaction okay. correction so until we can either remove him or the other dog so what you're not actually correcting him though because yeah, he, he's okay. yeah so the the gentle leader you're just hanging on to him so when he lunges and barks so if it's something that is continuing to happen, there's no cor- the correction doesn't exist. Yeah, he's not he's not he's not understanding. There's no responsiveness yeah. to it. Okay, so if yeah. you're out driving and you go onto the rumble strip and you just stay there for ten hours and you're just that doesn't that's not effective yeah. for the driver, right? You're not yeah. correcting. So right now, what you're doing is you he hasn't been corrected for the lunging, which is like the most significant, biggest thing yeah. whenever we're talking about leash reactivity is when a dog yeah. comes out and does something um, and, and they're reactive or they're vocal. There's the emotional response and reason why they react, which is a separate a separate thing. But there's also like the initial first response that the handler does to 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 communicate yeah. to the animal that what they're doing is inappropriate. So right now what's happening is you're out with him. He lunges, you hang on, you put him into a sit. We're trying to get food to him. He's refusing the food. Yeah. And then five to 10 seconds later, he's up, he's lunging again, put him back into a sit. He's yeah. up and he's lunging, which is the first thing that I needed to kind of calibrate and figure out. Okay. So that's like the first thing that I would start working on is when a dog is doing something that we do not find appropriate or is stressful is dangerous is it it could go either end of the spectrum it could be as easy as annoying where you're like come on man we gotta go or it can be as serious as dangerous and that's like the first thing I always ask and I I I work uh, on such a big spectrum of dogs and handlers and you know if you're trying to do something uh, that's like the that's the first most important thing is have you ever told the dog that what they're doing effectively is wrong and the answer is no we haven't done that so that's the first thing I would start off with is finding something else that you can use to communicate to the yeah. dog that what they're doing is inappropriate that way the training is sustainable because right now if you put him into a sit you have to give him pressure and then once he gets yeah. into a sit he's immediately back up which it tells us, tells you, tells... This, we, yeah, it, he's not clearly understanding. Yeah, and it's not... It, he may be understanding. It's, that's not the that's not the, the hitch yeah. here. The hitch is, is when you tell him to do something, your enforcement is is voided out. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So yeah. When, when you say, hey, I want you to do something, he's like, I don't care what you want me to do. I'm just going to do it again. Yeah, because, yeah exactly. So that's the first thing because the emotional response typically for a dog that's just reactive on the leash, I just worked with a shepherd yesterday on this. The dog's reactivity was a response that he's been doing since he was a puppy. He, did, he doesn't know any different. Okay. He's not aggressive, 
And in fact, I actually, I know this dog and I know if we let him go that he would run up to a dog and not know what the hell to do because he's done it. And yeah. so sometimes dogs are just, this is what I do. And I've had nobody in my life to tell me otherwise. So it becomes this emotional stress response and the reactivity looks aggressive and the behavior looks aggressive and sounds aggressive. And technically it could be a football player is aggressive, but it doesn't mean that he wants to hurt another dog necessarily, but it also show that he wants to try to kill the other dog. But in the first initial response from a handler's point of view is we go out with a dog and they do something that is, again, depending on what end of the spectrum, doesn't matter. They do something very inappropriate or they do something very dangerous. And as a handler, we are not enforcing anything that's going to make sense to the dog that they're going to actually sustain what you're asking them to do. So that's where you have to start first. And that will yield some results, uh, some, some clearer results. And then there's the then, then there's the whole breakdown of actually getting him around other dogs and actually having him uh, understand how to behave around other dogs, which I think is really important. We do have a second dog. So he does have a buddy. <laughs> good. Is he aggressive to the dog? Is, we're doing good. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just like, that's what I'm saying is like the leash yeah. reactivity. Like it doesn't, like if he's friends yeah. with 10 dogs, but he's aggressive towards a hundred, let's focus on the hundred dogs that yeah. he's that's making good. our life. Yeah uh not yeah. so fun it, with yeah for sure it's leash and fence as well if somebody walks by or fence he's right there and i think it's yeah yeah it's, so so the other so so there's that that's like the first initial like off the top let's talk about that so okay so that's what's happening is and that's one of the things i always ask is like hey my dog's doing something else. it doesn't matter what it is if it's recall or sitting or jumping or reacting or whatever i'm like are you doing anything about it to the, like, is, is there any enforcement? If you tell a dog to do something and they don't do it is what's next? The answer is nothing. So, or we just yeah. ask them to do it again. So that's, that's typically like step one. And that's typically one of the main reasons why dogs never stop barking is because nobody's ever told them no. Nobody's ever told them that yeah. that was inappropriate. And that's why I always start off the question of effectively, you know, said, said no, because if you take a dog and you like for your your case right now, we put him into a sit when there's another dog around and he gets right back up and we put him back into a sit and he gets right back up, yeah. put him back into a sit. There's no that's the definition of insanity. You will never get better yeah. in that in that hamster wheel. You have to correct him effectively for getting up out of the sit in order for him to shin that's entering your environment. And he's, and it doesn't matter again, what spectrum happy or aggressive, he gets up and gets <laughs> stimulated. You have to then force him back into a sit. And what you should be doing is correcting him for not getting into a sit. So you should make the, the behavior of getting out of the sit. He needs to know that that was wrong instead of just pushing him yeah. back down because that's not yeah. gonna, that's, it's the same thing. Like there is some avoidance training that is very warranted in certain scenarios. Those two scenarios are oh, yeah. not being not being prepared for the task that you're dealing with and also just get being in a situation where the other dog is just it's not fair to put anybody in. 
So that's the first thing. So I would start off with that. So just making sure that you figure out some, and we could talk about it in a minute to get granular, but I want to talk yeah. about obedience. So when you're out with him and you're handling with him, how is how is your obedience with him and, and what does that look like? Um, so we, we do a lot of like obedience work, um, both at home and at group class. So he's actually a really solid dog when it comes to like not breaking out of like a, a place command, um, a sit command, a down command, unless there is that like trigger, like even in group class, like there can be other dogs around, we can hold place. It's usually when there's a commotion that happens, like another dog barks or another dog reacts to something that like he he will break like those are the cases where he will break so like if there's no distractions or like life is good he's he's our other dog's very intelligent she's a shepherd mix too she's not reactive um she 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 breaks a lot quicker than he does (laughs) but he is he's like very solid compared to her so that's kind of what we compare him against and he's pretty good compared to the other dogs in group class as well until a commotion happens. And then that would be the trigger where he'd break to them. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that, so that's just, a, yeah, that's just another, it, it, I think what you guys are really missing here is the other end of the spectrum of, of just training in general, because, and this happens often. Yeah. That's why I was like asking is, um, so when your dog does right now, you guys are missing actual enforcement like when you and and that's so so that's really 90 percent of what's going on is you are telling your dog to do something and if your dog doesn't want to do it you just ask again period it doesn't matter if it's sitting or healing or leave it you have no enforcement behind your voice and if if you lived a life like that with your dog especially a dog that is pushy and challenging you will then have a really hard time and that's what's happening. So when your dog, it's, it's all the same thing. So almost every problem that you're going to be working with is going to come down to that enforcement. And if you say, Hey, I don't want you to do this. The dog's going to be like, well, make me. And you're like, no, I'm not going to like, you can keep doing it. I'm just going to ask you again. So somebody robs a bank. You're like, Hey, don't do it. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Okay. I'm just going to tell you tomorrow not to do it again. And then the day after that, we're going to keep doing that. And that's what, that's the hamster wheel you guys are in. So this happens, this happens. That sounds exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's, Oh my gosh. This is like the most common situation. Every dog owner with any behavioral problem runs into. And, And, and this is just my experience, right? Like you could talk to your behaviorist and they'll say, Oh no, that's not it. It's medications. The Well, behaviorists are not true. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I was going to say, like, I think, like, even she's seeing, like, this now, like, we're, you know, like, yeah, she's got us coming back to, like, one-on-ones now because, like, group class is just escalating and, and kind of getting worse. So, yeah, I think even she's kind of, like, seeing it. But, yeah, you're, you're right. Like, if medication, I don't think, is the answer for him because I, I think it'll tone him down a little, but the, he's explosive and mm-hmm. I don't think medication will take enough edge off. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to put him on it if we don't have to because I don't think it'll work. Well, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not going to the core of the problem at all. No, you're just no, blanketing over. And we see that all yeah. the time. Happens all the time, especially in other countries. Um, 
uh, dogs just they turn dogs into puddles instead of going after the actual problem. Yeah. So I would start yeah. I would just start working on that enforcement. So using something that you're so this is let me tell you what I did with the shepherd. It was it was and this is what I sure. I love it and it was actually to be honest it was a dog in my neighborhood and I just was yesterday it was just like a chill day and I said hey go go get me your dog <laughs> and then so so here's <laughs> here's what we did is uh, dog all over the place. And so I ended up working on, uh, I ended up working on, um, just like impulse control on certain things. So what, so I get, so whatever the, the distraction is for your dog. So you get a ball out, you get whatever out and you throw the ball down and the dog's like, yep, that's mine. Or you do it with food. So it, you guys could do this in your house with food and you yeah. just, you just have to work on that, 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 inf- that enforcement that's going to enforce your behavior. So if you say leave it or you say heal, um, right now what's ended up, what's happening is your dog is, is getting corrected or, or isn't getting corrected for the behavior that they're, that they're dealing with. Um, so what I would start doing is just put your dog on the co- – like so any collar. So you can use a slip leash. You can use a prong yeah. collar. You can use a martingale collar. You can use a plastic pinch collar. It doesn't – you have to just do whatever your dog responds to because every correction and every type of consequence and every type of punishment, whatever word you want to use, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever you want to do to enforce what you're saying, your dog has to care about it. Simple. That's it. If your dog doesn't care about it, it will not work. And it, 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 yeah. it, it's as simple as what I was saying before with literally anything that we have in life, the animal kingdom is, it, it uses this every day and will forever. They always have. It's the most natural way to communicate with animals. And with people, it's the same thing. We've started to adapt some sort of authority and some sort of, you know, whatever. There's got to yeah. be some sort of consequence for action. And if there's not, then they'll never learn. They're never just going to go, oh, that sucked. I didn't like that. That was uncomfortable. That was loud. That yeah, was. We, we even see it between our dogs where they'll correct each other, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, and it's not harmful. It's just like, you know, either the, the bearing of the teeth or a little snap to say, hey, you can't have my boy stick right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yep. And that's, yeah, there's so many different types of, and here's, here's where I think, here's where I think the, the water gets muddy is there's so many type of corrections. There's so many different types of punishment. You could look at a dog and they'll be like, oops, you can yell at a dog. Oops. You can correct a dog with a leash. Oops. You can correct a dog with a knee collar. Oops. There's so many different ways. I'm not, I just, I just use the dogs that I've worked, make things efficient for my clients. So they don't have to go through a year of this and a year of that or six months because I mean, you're working with a dog for a year. That dog should be able to go to the supermarket and back with the, with all the groceries. That's a long time to be working with a dog. And every week. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a long yeah. time. Like, just to give you preference, <laughs> when we bring in a dog for our behavior modification and off-leash training, and we have a four-week like program that does a lot of behavioral modification with just reactive dogs, not dogs that are innately yeah. instinctually genetically aggressive, but dogs who have reactivity issues. We typically will go through a, at the most a six week be, like crash course on like, Hey, and then they leave and they're off leash. They're healing. They're, they're loose leash. They're not reactive, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Right. If you're working for a year, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's too long. Okay. And that doesn't mean that this individual is, but because, you know, I've had this talk with 
different veterinarians and different behaviorists, and, and they can all agree that behaviorists are just to diagnose. This is what it is. They're yeah. not they're not trainers, so they will not take the leash and show you exercises and how to do this and how to do that. Typically, they will watch the dogs. And this is their job, so they're not doing anything wrong. I just think that there's a disconnect yeah. between dog owners and behaviorists saying, like, behaviorists are just to tell you, like, this is what it is. This is the diagnosis. We are not trainers. Our objective is to maybe do diet changes or maybe give you some medication, but they're not supposed yeah. to go in there and fix anything. Their job is to diagnose something. That's what you're paying for, right? So a trainer is actually going to take the dog and then work through these problems. It's like the difference between a foreman of like, we need to build this, we need to build that, we need to build this. And then the contractors go in and do it. Like dog trainers are contractors. We go in and we actually find out the problem and we order the equipment and we start using this equipment and we start working with the dog and we start putting them through exercises. So I think that that's where you guys need to start is go back down to the basics of holding the dog accountable for very minor things to kind of flip the roles and flip the relationship mm -hmm. and then copy and paste those when you're outside and, and start using those uh, new, I guess, techniques outside to start working mm -hmm. on it. Um, any questions on that? Yeah, I guess um, maybe like where to start, like, um, so he's, <laughs> this guy's got a lot of like really loose neck fur. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm not sure how effective like a pinch collar even would be just because he's got like, he's got the scruff around the neck where he's like, the other dog when they're playing, she can take it and stretch it out about a foot. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like it's, it's quite loose skin. So I'm almost wondering like, like, would you recommend starting with like a martingale or something like that or a knee collar or... I think the prong collar is going to be the most effective. Um, right. the, the plastic pinch collar, the martingale collar, like, so the, so the prong collar mechanics, we just did a video on this. So the prong collar mechanics are to distribute pressure evenly on the muscles behind the dog's ears. And that's why you want the prong okay. collar to be nice and snug, okay. right? Yeah. Right behind the dog's ears. And when you're correcting, it's supposed to put that pressure in that area to correct the dog it's power steering so it's kind of like what yeah. so when you're using the gentle leader or, or even the easy walk or whatever you're using it's very similar but most dogs there's two two big things that i've because people ask me if thing that's worked for the most efficient one the dog spend then anything else yeah. and if you're using <laughs> the easy walk harness when a big shepherd-esque type dog pulls against that they literally could care less about that that doesn't do anything as far as like i want something no you can't have it you're just hang again you're hanging on you might as well just flip the harness around and just make it a real harness because it doesn't it doesn't give the dog any type of conflict for what they're for the behaviors that they're doing so i would recommend the prong collar to start off with and um we use it on shepherds every day it's 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 something that's very effective yeah. to them as long as it's okay. as long as it's fit properly you'll see results and going back to the shepherd i worked with yesterday again like what i did is i took a ball out and i took treats out and this dog is probably a lot like your dogs and a lot of other people's dogs is i want to do what i want like when i see something it's mine there's no filter there's it's just like kids it's, it's the kid that goes to the store that just grabs everything and, and either pulls it down, breaks open the package, puts it in the shopping cart, starts eating things in the aisle. There's, there's zero, Hey, can I have this? 
hey, is this okay? Hey, mom, dad. Actually, this, guy's, this guy's pretty good. He's got a good leave it with treats. <laughs> He's not bad. Okay, good. Um, so when you're when you're doing this, you're going to scale up from that. So let's, okay, let's just scrap that. Let's go outside. He sees a dog. Not good with that. So it's the same yeah. exact thing. That's what I'm trying to scale you up at. Yeah. And, ev- yeah, and I, yeah. and I go through this all the time with dog owners. They say, oh, my dog listens great inside, but not outside. I'm like, well, then your obedience is worthless. Yeah. Why'd you do it? There's yeah. no point. There's For literally sure. no point. Right. So, uh, same thing outside. So again, like, let's say, okay, his obedience is good inside. So he'll leave the food, he'll leave the ball, whatever. Um, I just like to do this in the beginning with dogs to start giving them some sort of accountability in the beginning. Cause they're like, Whoa, what, you know? So, so again, like most dogs, you throw the ball down, you throw the treat down, they're going for it. So just using that prong call in their beginning to give the dog, Nope, pop. And you just pop the dog. Yeah. So that's what that's what I would recommend for you guys is uh, start using this inside, start using this outside, start blending this together, and then if you feel like no, 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 his obedience is great with with that, like he'll leave it, he'll do well. Okay, great. So then what you would do is you would go outside and then work on it outside with some of these other dogs. It, it's not easy, but that's why we go. For you guys is sort of account fairly simple. So we'll start working on some sort of accountability. So again, let's let's give the point of view of your dog. You go outside. Okay, you guys are walking. You see a dog on the other side. Well, just let me just give you a, an example. I, this may be applicable. It may not be, but you're out and you're walking. There's sure. a dog on the other side of the road. Your dog starts to get stimulated. Ears perk up, chest puffs out, hackles may come up, maybe get yeah. a huff and puff. The dog's excited, stimulated. Hey, there's a dog. There's an alert. So what you guys are doing now can be beneficial some dogs get more stimulated when you put them into a sit because it makes them more vulnerable or it makes them more anxious. Other dogs, you can just work right past. But there's there's a lot of dismantling things that you'll have to do in order for this to be successful. Because again, I, I am not naive to tell you just correct the dog and it's over. It's just one of the biggest components of if your dog's doing something you don't like, how do they know it's wrong unless you tell them? So when you go out, um, it's easier said than done, but what I typically do is I work on dismantling the build, right? So like a, I say this all the time, but like a pot of water that's before it boils over, it's going to simmer and you can see it simmering. You can hear it simmering. It's about to get boiled over and your objective in most situations, especially in the beginning stages is to work on dis like dismantling exercises. So if the dog is not food motivated when stimulated like yours, which is very common because it becomes a currency, right? So there's a, I call yeah. it, I call it basic marketing for dogs. They go outside. Once they go outside and see other dogs, they're in Times Square and you're like, look, I got a Sharpie. And they're like, I don't give a shit about a Sharpie. Like get that out of here. Look at all yeah. these lights, right? So you go outside and you're trying to feed your dog and the dog's like, get that away from me. They turn their head. It's useless. Rewarding the dog when they're in that state of mind is is a waste of everyone's time. So what you would end up yeah. doing is using, again, like dismantling exercises in order to help the dog understand that you... So so it's basic... Dis, I'm putting things together here, like basic dismantling exercises alongside with engagement. So there's three different things that I typically will do. I'll do an inside turn which is if the dog is on my left side and then and the dog off going the opposite way so when we talk about stimulation and dogs building right so that pot of water that's simmering 
that starts to build and build and build. We cut the dog off, immediately takes it off the flame. That doesn't mean you walk back home. That doesn't mean you go half a mile the other way. That just means you remove the dog's head from the equation to let the dog calm down for a second. And then you go right back. So that's the inside turn. The outside turn is the exact same thing, except you're turning outside. So you'll take your right shoulder, you'll start turning and you'll say heel. So you say the dog's name and you say heel. And if they're still engaged facing that one dog and you're already going the other way, they get a correction. So they get a pop on the collar. Yeah. That, okay. that is typically what is very effective for most dogs because the punishment or the consequence or even the enforcement of the dog not healing when you said, hey, I'm turning, what are you doing? And that pop on the collar is enough for them to go, oops, I'm going to start paying attention to you. Because that correction, yeah. I care more about that correction than I do this other dog. Sorry, I'm with you now. So, but again, this is a general statement of this is how it works. Some dogs like we get terriers in, so like the pit bulls, the small Jack Russells, those dogs that are very prey driven that really just don't like other dogs and they're absolutely obsessed. This isn't going to work because you're going to correct them and they're going to be like, yeah, I don't care. But if you get a more sensitive dog, that's just building because they don't really know what else to do. Maybe they're anxious, whatever your job is to keep an inside job between you and your dog. You're like, Hey, pay attention to me. Don't worry about anything else. Yeah. Um, in some cases you whip out a ball and they're like, screw everything. Right. But not, that's not your dog, your dog, you bring out rewards yeah. and your dog's <laughs> like, I don't care. So there's the inside turn, there's the outside turn, and then there's the drawback, which is the same thing as the outside turn. You're healing forward. Your dog starts to get stimulated. You literally start back. You say your dog's name and you start backpedaling. Dog come. You start back. Yep. So if yeah. they're like, okay. yeah, but boom, correction. And then they go, oh Correct. shit, and okay. then they come running towards you. And then this is where everything comes into place. So, um, the so enforcement, and forgive me if this is already very clear to you, but I'm just going to break it down really quickly. Enforcement is this is is you're speeding a hundred and a thirty. Cop pulls over. They give you. A, they're enforcing the speed limit, right? Law enforcement. Yeah. That's just a good way to put it, right? So. What you're doing is the dog has to understand very basic behavioral cues in the beginning. So so heal or come or even sit are helpful. They have to know those well before you can do this. But you come out, the dog starts to load on the other dog. You say dog come, which they know. You start backpedaling. And the dog's like, yeah, but boom, correction. So the dog gets, so you're enforcing your calm command, or if you use the heel, you'd be enforcing the heel command, right? And, and what that okay. does yeah. is it, instead of correcting the, what I'm trying to get away from for you guys and my clients is I don't want you to just correct the dog because they're barking. My objective is, is for you to give the dog an alternative, something to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, do this instead. And so yeah. two things is sometimes avoidance is necessary because again, maybe your dog doesn't have a good enough leave it to handle that. Or maybe the other dog is this, this environment is, you know, a little too much. So using inside job obedience is, is safer bet. So there's that, there's that, there's that little 
sequence. Now I don't, again, like this is something that if I'm handling a dog, I can do all three of these things in like 30 seconds. Like I'll try all different things. And then there's just like the correction of reactivity. And uh, sometimes this works and sometimes it doesn't. Some dogs will just get so overly stimulated and you correct them and they just, they don't care. They don't feel it. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to shut it off. They've never been corrected. They're like, what the hell? So that's why I'm giving you an arsenal of things um, to try to implement. Yeah. So there's the handling aspect of the dismantlement of like, I'm going to ask you to do a couple quick things. I'm going to take your energy and mind off of the other dog, and then we're going to proceed forward. Again, that could be a 30-second sequence. Don't look at it as this whole, like, I don't really want to do It's really quickly. Um, yeah, we're, we're committed. We'll try. Perfect. So there's that. And then let's, let's just say we're moving out. Okay, so then we're going to go over a couple more things. You're moving out forward. And the heel command is just another really nice way to keep your dog engaged. Oftentimes when people come in with reactivity cases or their dog is reactive on the leash specifically, they also can't walk their dog. And I'm like, okay, so the reactivity is a level three problem out of three, three being the hardest and a level one is basic obedience. So from a professional standpoint, I'm like, you can't pick out the color of your walls yet when you haven't even picked out the lot you want to build on. Like, let's fi- let's figure that out mm-hmm. first, right? And that's what happens oftentimes is people will say, here's my level three problem. My dog is reactive to other dogs. It's a pain in the ass. I can't walk my dog. I get it. I agree. But in order to work on this level three, we have to make sure that you can at least walk your dog on the leash, right? Level one. Yeah. So um, it sounds to me like you guys have done good amount of work on this. So one thing that I, I also suggest is just like that stop it, like keeping your dog, um, engaged with you when you're working is really important. So when you're healing your dog, they need to be engaged with you and then they can break as well. So just making sure that you have the break command or the free command or whatever. Cool. So just, so, so that's just another, like, I usually do like a stop and go, like a red light, green light. Hey, I'm going forward. Okay, now I'm stopping. Hey, I'm going forward. Okay, now I'm stopping. That fundamentally will keep the dog's attention on you as well, which is, again, Mm -hmm. for a very kind of aggressive or sorry, a very kind of leash reactive dog, That's that will work. But not every dog is kind of reactive. They're like right over the edge. (laughs) So then (laughs) then there's just the correction for the reactivity which is, I would say, seven out of 10 times very effective. There's some dogs who, again, it either doesn't affect them because they're too, like they're they're standing in Times Square. So like you tapping them on the shoulder doesn't mean anything. Or they don't know how to shut it off because they haven't dealt with corrections before. So some of my clients who are in a similar boat, where we have what they're doing, switch from, what is this? They, they go, we do a verb and we enforce yeah. it. And that was uncomfortable and they go, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. You go, perfect. Now we're going to, now we're going to move on and you're not going to do this anymore. Just like positive reinforcement. When we're trying to teach a behavior, when a dog sits, we go, yay, good sit, boom. And we pay him. We're like, yeah. we want you to do that again in the future. So that's positive reinforcement. And then the other end of the spectrum is simple, positive punishment. So we're saying, Hey, we're yeah. at, okay, good. So sometimes that's helpful and sometimes it's not, but when you're out, when you're healing, I would here, here's what everyone does wrong. 
so let's go over that. They have a they have a reactive dog, and we say dog heal. There's another dog that's coming, and then we take all of our attention and we put it on the dog. So again, I'm gonna just mm-hmm. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this generalized for you guys, and then you can kind of pull apart what is applicable to you and what's not. So we're healing with our dog. They see a dog, and then all of our attention. So our literally our face goes towards the dog. Our shoulders start to lean towards the dog, and we start going into panic mode. Some panic is way higher than others. Other like any type of talking to your dog when something happens is panic for me. So it could be very big spectrum there. So you just want to make sure that you yourself are handling the dog in a way that's going to provide some sort of outcome of success. And so again, if your dog starts to go, Hey, there's somebody, Oh, there's a dog. There's somebody coming. What are we going to do? Or it could be like, there's a dog. I'm going to go get him. I need to see who they are. I need to check their IDs. Cause if your dog has another dog at home and they're fine, but they go out and they react, it's probably just leash reactivity, which means mm-hmm. they're not really like killers and whatever. They may not like other dogs, but it's not like they're actively trying to go kill everything they see because it doesn't sound like that's your dog. So your dog starts no. to get into this, like, there's a dog, what do we do? And then you kind of match that with heel, 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 <laughs> leave it, leave it, leave it. And then we get tied in the leash. We take all of our energy. And that's like a huge no-no because you can be doing everything else right. Leash pops, prong collar sizing, directional changes, everything's good. But if you're matching the dog's energy of panic or something's about to happen, then you're going to not going to be successful. So that's the other thing that I always tell people, put your shoulders straight. Don't say anything to the dog. Be very clear. So, um, it's, it's, it's hard. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Easier said than done because you're so conditioned especially with my clients with like bigger dogs where they're like wrapping their wrist, like some sort of boxer. They're like literally taking their leash and they're wrapping it all around them. And they're like, cause you're about to hold on and you know it. And you're like, here we go. So your objective and is, you're your dog. yeah, right. So, and they're yeah. like, they're like, oh yeah, this is it. This is go time. Yeah. You know, you go to the doctor's yeah. office and the doctor comes in and you're just like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. We're going to get ice cream after. And the kid's like, what's going on? And then you make this whole situation worse. And so, um, like you said, easier said than done. But my suggestion for you guys is to, is to really audit like how you're handling. Um, if you, if you guys are together, um, I always just say like, yeah, just say, Hey, put your arm down, relax, look forward. Like if, if you're, if you're sitting there staring at your dog and they're staring at another dog, then nobody's driving the ship in the right way. You guys are both just focused on the dog. And, so you yeah. want you want to just have this nonchalant like no big deal you know let's let's move out of here type of situation um anyway so i would just say um that you guys have to have to work on that and just work on like shoulder straight head forward um be very mindful of your energy and what you're doing Mm-hmm. And then, um, on top of that, like, um, getting around, like I always tell people to work, um, incrementally towards other dogs and all these distractions, but 
that's basically the foundation. So now emotionally, so I want to talk about how the dog feels during this process and what our objective is. So on the outside is kind of the structure and then the foundation, but the the real core of like what we're trying to do here. So when I'm working with a just a reactive dog, again, probably your dog like many others, where they're not mean, they're not like kill away, they're not actively like there's a lot of dog owners don't understand like when dogs are trying to hurt other dogs, like they will. Like they'll go in for the kill and that's what they do. A lot of dogs are dog owners are just walking around with a reactive dog in a leash and it's frankly just a pain in the ass. And you're like, I wish that it wasn't like this. This is not enjoyable. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, what what our objective is, uh, again, like when I worked with the shepherd, is he sees other dogs and he just reacts because he doesn't know what else to do. So, once I started adding some corrections to him to say, hey, that's, whoosh, 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 that's inappropriate, just those snaps on the collar, the moment he would get mm-hmm. vocal, I would correct. The moment he'd get vocal, I would correct. So, whatever the dog is reactive towards, is the variable and we can't control that variable necessarily unless it's somebody that we know, which is why group class can be nice because you know that everyone else is in training and responsible. Uh, So your objective for the dog emotionally and like what they're trying to think of is when you have a reactive dog that goes zero to a hundred like that, they see a dog, they react. So your objective is to make that reactivity uncomfortable. Say, Hey, nope, nope, nope. Right. We're, we're discouraging this. Do not do this. Like you said earlier with your other dog in the bone, there's the growl, there's the teeth, and then there's, yeah. and then there's yeah. the enforcement, right? So yeah. ba- basic principles of a correction with dogs is exactly that. It goes vocal or showing teeth of like, here's your warning, bud. And then the dog continues. This is what puppies do all the time. And then the dog, boom, corrects the dog, pinches the dog, the dog goes, Arr! and then runs yeah. away. So what happened there is the dog comes up, they hear the growl. So that's the verbal, "Uh uh-uh, no, leave it, right? That's what you're going to do. And then the enforcement was the correction from the dog's teeth. And then your enforcement is from the prong collar. Now, some can argue the prong collar mimics teeth. I don't go that far. I'm like, I, I just think that the dog understands that what they just did was uncomfortable and they need to make better decisions. And Next time, they sure. hear, next time they see the teeth growl or they hear the growl, they're like, nope, I'm out of here. And then you go, good, that's yeah. it. I'm not going to chase you around the house and try to pinch you. It's only when you do this, right? So my point is, is yeah. when you go out with a dog, they're going to go, this is how I'm, t-, right? So the beauty of this, is the variable dog is making a better decision and not reacting. That's where you flip the script. You go, yay, good, leave it. And they get paid. And, yeah. and and even if they're not accepting food at this time, you're just telling them, good job, good, leave it. Or you're calmly, good, leave it. Yes, buddy, good. You're making that experience way less stressful for everyone, you, the other dog, your dog, anybody that's around. Yeah. But your objective is to teach the dog, hey, man, this is it. You don't have to do this anymore, right? So so we I've answered this is like a frequently asked question because there's you know I've been um 
very successful at dog reactivity and behavior modification. That's my niche. That's my specialty, right? I don't get into competitive obedience and therapy. It's not me. It's not what I do. So my point is, is you'll read all these forums of all these armchair experts and all these people that say, if you correct a dog for reacting towards another dog, they will simply take that correction and make things worse and compound things because they're going to think that that correction came from the dog. And if you understand fundamentally how animals learn and how to capture behaviors with dogs, it's very simple, is you go out around that variable and that dog and you make the behavior uncomfortable and the dog stops the behavior, but the dog is still standing there. It doesn't correlate at all. The dog's going to go, oh, it's not the dog. It's my behavior. And that's your objective. So I'm just kind of knocking out frequently asked questions because- You'll go online and read exactly that after we get off the phone. I just want to kind of clarify yeah. that that your objective is to change the dog's response to other dogs. And what I have found typically is other dogs will go, oh, thank God. I don't because they feel this burden of, oh, God, there's a dog. Okay, here we go. And they don't want to. Like it stresses yeah. them out. They're not like, they've just like, that's just what they feel their job is. And of course, from a handler's point of view, we're pulling back and we're lifting them up and we're in some cases picking them up. And so your job is to very effectively precision over power, go in and just snap with the, nope, leave it, leave it. And the dog stops. This is like, sometimes it's literally that it's one session and they're like, this is much better. And then other times a, yeah. a dog is more hardwired. They have more like shepherdy genetics. So they're more vocal. So it takes <laughs> some more time. <laughs> but I, that's kind of like the crash course on here's how you can, I, I would say fundamentally successfully and effectively like use obedience to counter, hey, do this instead. Good job. And then you can also just correct the dog when they react like that. Yeah, But also just understanding that the roadmap and the light at the end of the tunnel is for the dog's perception and their reaction towards other dogs, that immediate response time is to see these other dogs. And that's what I did with the shepherd. He saw four other dogs and he would react, 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 react. I corrected him. I said, nope, leave it. Nope, leave it. Inside turn, outside turn. I had a little squeaker in my pouch. So I'd squeak that and i say, hey, pay attention to me. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I just kind of like work through these. It's a... It's like being a good chef or good MMA fighter or whatever artsy thing that you want to get into. You have a big toolbox and your objective is to kind of like, you know, take these things and and then that way you're a really confident handler where you're like, okay, if this doesn't work in 0.5 seconds, I'm going to switch to this. And if that doesn't work at two seconds later, I'm going to switch to this. And you're just kind of trying to roll with the dog to figure out what is going to be successful and then you double down on that but it's not as easy as i make it sound you just have to go out and say okay i'm going to master the inside the outside and the recall yeah then i'm going to work on my correction i'm going to work on my timing and i think like just getting back to the first sentence that you said and i i this shepherd a lot of dogs do this is we say sit and the dog goes into a sit right and then there's a distraction, which is what you guys are dealing with. So the dog, mm-hmm. the dog going, I'm up, is that's like where you said, oh, no, we're good at leave it with treats, maybe inside. 
in the house. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that distract, right? So not Times Square. They're like, yeah, I'll pay attention to you as long as there's nothing else yeah. going on. So they have the capabilities. Like if you can say sit inside, the dog is sitting and you're throwing everything at the dog and they're like, nope, I'm good. And then you break, that's good. But when you go outside and you say sit and they're like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that here. That's where you can fairly correct the dog. But here's here's yeah. here's the thing is right now, when your dog, when you put your dog into a sit and they're like, okay, fine. They put their butt on the ground and you're talking to somebody or the a dog is there, like in their head, they should know because like, then there's the other side of perception is some dogs we do have to just suppress. Like we do have to just say like, nope, I know you're going, you're, you want to. And because of your breed, your genetics, your background, your history, your upbringing, I'm not going to be able to tell you not to swim because you're a fish. Like if you're reactive towards other dogs because you were used as a bait dog, I understand that. We're never going to be able to get rid of that. But hey, buddy, still got to listen. That's not going to change. So when you say, hey, dog, sit, the dog puts their butt on the ground. Right now, if the dog gets up, you just... You just ask the dog to sit again. The dog gets up. You just ask the dog to sit again. So I think if you guys yeah. start, you know what I mean? So if you guys start using a more yeah. effective, like, no, buddy, there's, there's consequences for you getting back up. You can take yeah. that very basic sit and use that as, I know you don't really care about this other dog or this other person, or you may want to lunge or whatever, but you're not going to because you care more about getting corrected for the sit then you do the lunge. And so that's that's a classic form of like avoidance slash suppression, which is in some cases all you can do, right? It's the same thing with like, okay. it's the same thing with like, let, let me flip the script because some dog owners may be like, oh, like, like duck hunting or, or chasing a ball, right? So if I, so my dog loves the ball. If I threw a ball out into the field and I told her to sit and stay, She's going to sit there and stay and focus on that ball and shake until I release her. Now, fundamentally, when I was training her and bringing her up of like, I love you so much and I still do and you're my best friend, but we're going to work on boundaries. It's it's basic ask for permission type stuff. Do not cross this busy road Mm -hmm. without holding my hand. And if you do, for whatever reason, like it could be very dangerous to you and I'm going to really be upset i'm going to scream and i'm going to yell and i'm going to say you know no iphone for two months because that off leash boundaries they don't want they don't want to get in trouble or maybe they just love you enough to stay however you want to look at that it doesn't matter that is suppression and that is that is compulsion training that is forcing a dog to do something that they do not want to do because you said so or you're physically you know holding them there so don't look at it as uh, an, a complete negative failing thing as if you're putting your dog into a sit and you know maybe they don't like this other dog, but they're sitting politely because you said. It's the same thing with other obedience. And then we say, okay, break. And then we break the dog away and then they can do whatever they want. Yeah, I'd be happy with that, to be honest. Yeah. So that, that yeah. I think I know it's a lot of information, but I just wanted you guys to like, there's a crash course on look, you guys are probably doing all the work that you need to do. You're just not doing the right work. That's going to affect. Yeah, that's that's going to feel. Yeah. Like we feel like we're putting in time and energy and we're kind of, we're in a better place than we were, but like we're not 
mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah and, and 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 you know with my experience over the years which is you know why you guys are talking to me and i, I just think like that's the number one thing like every time it's yeah my dog is this this that and the other thing and i'm thinking in the back of my head that's why the first thing i say is like okay if your dog pulls or your dog gets out of the sit or the dog doesn't come back when you say like in the dog's head, like how much do they care if you tell them to do something that they know well enough to do and they don't do it? Like how much do they care about what's going to happen next? And if the answer is zero, yeah, that's usually the first place. And I was like, well, your dog doesn't give a shit if you tell them to do something and they don't want to do it because there's nothing that's enforcing that. And that's like not getting into again, like, genetical retardation of a neurological dog, you know, dangerous stuff or resource guarding or, you know, a dog that's mauling things. It's just, we're having a hard time out on the leash. And I'm like, well, that's because your dog doesn't care about the leash. And when push comes to shove, if your obedience is good inside and then your obedience sucks outside, it's actually a huge slap in the face because your dog is like, yeah, I know what you want. I'm just not doing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So anyway, um, yeah, so that's a lot. And I had, I had to go through like the fundamentals first, instead of just saying like, you know, um, any questions on all that stuff? No, like this is really helpful because I, like, I know we're missing a part of the equation. So this is very, very helpful. I might do another call with you in a little while just to, to kind of give you some feedback on how we're doing, but, um, the other thing that, like, there's a couple other things that we need some help with, too. Like, this is kind of the number one, I think, mm-hmm. that prevents us from doing a lot of things. But we've got, you know, we're dealing with reactivity at the bed. I'm sure we can implement some of this, like, some of the similar uh, tools. But I, I think we'll start with the walks right now and then and then maybe give you a call to talk about, like, mm-hmm. off-leash and, um, and at the vet. Cause, and when I say off-leash, I just mean in our own yard, um, running yeah. at the fence, stuff like that. So, yep. Yeah, no, no, no problem. And just remember, like, no. I see a lot of this stuff, and and honestly, like, typically, once you flip the script, like, anytime, so your dog has to know the behavior you're asking them. It doesn't matter if you're off leash at a dog park or you're yeah. inside your living room. It doesn't matter what spectrum of distraction. The dog has to know the behavior. Once the dog knows the behavior well, you have to de- so there's three, and I just common leash, it's a pain in the ass. So there's three different levels just to make it easy. They do not have level one. So what they do is they say, my dog doesn't know how to respond to leash pressure. My dog has never heard the word heel before. And my dog is a young puppy. And so what they do is they take that dog and then they go right outside and you're going to fail every single time. So just, yeah. I guess my point is for you guys is once you start flipping your relationship around to say, Hey, my voice matters when I tell you to come. Yeah. I want you to come and, and there's consequences because we can all say like my dog will listen because I love them. My dog listens because they like treats like that's that's fairy tale land. We, nobody lives in that land, right? Yeah. It's like doing a training <laughs> video with your dog inside with no distractions with food and then you go and yeah, that's all you have to do. Go try it. And you're like, well, I don't yeah. care about how my dog listens inside. I care about how my dog listens outside. Right? So, yeah. so I guess my point is, is, guys, is I think you'll find a lot of value in the investment from today. Because anything, any problems like not coming back, uh, jumping on people, like you have to ask yourself, okay, the dog knows it very well. Like this dog knows come, but how, how do I enforce the recall right now? 
And then that that's a whole different conversation. Absolutely. But that's my point is, is yeah. you say, hey, buddy, come. And they're at the fence because there's a squirrel on the other side of the road. And they're flipping you off. Like, don't talk to me. There's a squirrel. Yeah. And you're like, dog, come, dog, come, dog, come. So you've said it five times. The dog ignored you and heard you the first time. Then you have to go out and yeah. get the dog by the collar and come in. So your dog is like, make me. And that's where everything goes yeah. So, For sure. so yeah, I would work on this and, um, you know, in the future, if you guys want to work again, you guys can, uh, take some videos of you working with the dog, making sure I have all the context. You can send it over before our session and then we can review it and go oh, over awesome. it. Yeah. So that's a good idea. No, that's fantastic. Thank Sweet. you so much. Yeah, I, you. I really appreciated this. Um, cause I, 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 you know, we watch your videos and I see you work with dogs that look a lot like our dogs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not physically, but like in their emotional state and their response to things. And I was like, you know what? We need to reach out to to this guy before we go down the pathway of like making your dog into a puddle. Because I, I don't want to do that. He's a great dog. Yeah. Um, very smart, sharp. And um, and I don't really want to yeah go through that if we don't have to. So I, I'm yep. really hoping that... Uh, that we can implement this well and uh, and avoid that. Yeah, entirely. I think you can. I think you can. We, I mean, awesome. We've, we've, so yeah, yeah. All right, you guys, good luck. Hey, take right, care. Thank Thanks, you. Tom. All right, yeah, bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. The first question comes from Riri13. Hey, love the podcast and your YouTube channel. Thank you for putting so much information out there for free. My question is, I have a six-and-a-half-month-old Doberman puppy pushing 70 pounds. He is incredibly sweet and smart as a whip, but I'm having some issues with mouthing. He worked from day one on this. And since Dobie's are notorious mouthy and while it's improved drastically, sometimes he gets into these little fits trying to jump and bite my arms relentlessly. This occasionally happens when we play tug after a few reps and he tries to get me tries to get me with his mouth instead of going for the toy. I'm confident he is trying to entice play, but I don't want him to become a habit. Any advice? Yes, puppy. We're actually doing puppy series soon, but basically correcting that. So put your leash on, put a slip leash on, put a martingale collar on, put something on. And the moment he bites you, you just say, leave it. And then you correct the dog with the leash and you also make chew on. Do not react. Everyone does that. They scree, they yell, they howl, they do whatever. The dog is trying to get your attention. The dog is trying to play with you. So the moment you react and the moment that you do something uh, to make the dog excited for biting you is the moment they're going to go, ah, ding, ding. This is what I'm going to do to get your attention. This is what I'm going to do to get reaction out of you. So you just have to make sure that you're really playing it smart and not reacting towards the dog when they do the things that you don't like. So hope that helps. We're also doing a YouTube videos on that as well. Um, so let's say dragon wings, one twenty one. If you have a problem with your dog's behavior, like fear, aggression, or basic training, this is the podcast for the information. Next one, C Fowler three-star review. Are they all sales pitches? I choose one episode after an hour of round and round with the owners repeating the same info. You finally told me to get the course. Uh, there was no use to the listeners who don't know your methods or your course. I'll give it more, one more episode to see if there's any useful content. So basically this person saying that none of my content is useful. So, uh, thanks for the feedback. Next one comes from gutta C. I've been following your videos for some time and most recently started listening to your podcast. I binge, uh, and listen every day. Well, don't tell the person below you because, um, they don't think there's any value into this. <laughs> My dog question is, is my dog or border collie mix slaps his jaw when he gets, ex slaps his jaw when he gets excited or wants to play. We call it alligator chomp. Oh, 
I was told it's something that you probably grow out of, um, but six years later, I think it's cute and fun. Some people don't know, you know, how to handle it. I don't want to discourage it. Um, that's just involuntary behavior, likely. Some dogs, when they get stimulated, overly stimulated and excited, they'll kind of chomp their gums or their their jowls, and I literally wouldn't put any more thought into it. Um, it's just how dogs get stimulated and excited. Next one comes from. Mally German Shepherd. Hey, Tom, I used to own my own doggy daycare and boarding facility. Have always loved working with dogs. And now I quit a few dogs. I like, I think I have a natural way with dogs and know how to read them as well as work with them. I love your podcast and listen any free moment I can. I love the way you explain things and I've always learning something new to try. The question is, is I have about a six-year-old German Shepherd, Zeke, who's a great dog and listens and knows all commands. But lately I've been working with him on the e-collar and he's fully reliable off leash which he is when it's only me and him, but I have my other two German Shepherds who are both perfect off-leash and submissive to him. I have to keep Zeke on leash to make other male Shepherds. Um, Zeke will either just kind of circle in the front or intimidate him and make sure that he's staying behind. It's not really amped up. I have tried correcting with a prong collar, but it doesn't do anything. And I also tried to correct it with the e-collar, but uh, only a couple times because I don't know if it's something that I should be correcting with the e-collar and I don't know I'm going to make it worse. I'm getting frustrated. My biggest fear is getting them into a fight, which they have, but it's carrying over into the house or yard over things where they now can't share anything and are great together. Side note, Ziggy is on Prozac because when he when he was eight months, he started fly-biting behavior, snapping invisible bugs in the air. I'm not sure I understand this question. Um, yeah, I would say if I'm reading this right, and just forgive me if I'm I'm not understanding the question, but I would just say it sounds like, honestly, like this is your dog, Zeke, trying to like, or Zeke maybe trying to play with the other dogs kind of, um, or he's trying to communicate with the other dogs or he's trying to herd the other dogs or he's trying to push the other dogs. But regardless, um, I think if, if you find it to be uh, inappropriate behavior, or you find it to be problematic to your other dogs in the pack and create issues. Uh, I definitely think that that's where some e-collar work would come in to make sure that you can control the dogs. Um, I would. There's a video I did on how do how do dogs communicate, which is a great video to show you how off-leash obedience works when the dog is fully e-collar trained. So we had our staff dogs running around, and at one point it was a little too intense. So what my staff did is one of them, they were playing like gangbusters members called their dog. My other staff member down their dog. So these dogs are going absolutely crazy towards one another's. And then one dog just went right into a down and another dog just immediately recalled right back to the owner. So that's the e-collar conditioning and e-collar training. Once the dog has been fully e-collar trained, you're able to utilize it such as that. So my recommendation is... To do some remote collar conditioning, I would take my course on um, how to introduce the remote collar and how to do it properly. If that's not up your alley, I have a ton of free videos on how to do it. Um, and we're also coming out with more videos on how to do it as well. Um, so that's what I would recommend. I would check out uh, remote collar training to be able to control your dog to keep kind of ranks in the pack off leash when you guys are out. Because it sounds like they get along with one another, but sometimes they're too amped up and they're too... <clears throat> aggressive towards one another, excuse me. So that's what I would recommend is just when you're able to say, Hey, Zeke down, Zeke come, uh, and you're able to diffuse the situation with obedience. Once the, once the boys get a little too rambunctious, um, and I would check out that video, how do dogs communicate? 
uh, that'll go over that like recall really nice. So anyway, all right, you guys, uh, thank you so much. We're going to be coming out with some more podcasts this week because um, we missed one last week. Next time. If you guys have been and it sounds like I'm working on it, um, sometimes it happens randomly and I don't know it. Sometimes it notifies me and lets me know, uh, but that's why. So I'm trying to figure out my card. So I apologize if it does that at any point in any of my podcasts. Um, but it's for some reason, I'm having a writing error on one of my cards with my podcasting equipment. So I apologize. We'll get it sorted. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.